this is Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you overcome perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today is the second part of our two-part habit series, and we're talking about overcoming bad habits. Janine. Hey, Shannon. What's going on today? Today, we're going to eliminate all our bad habits. All of them, all at once, just like that. With our magic wand. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We're magical like that. Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That would be good. But even though there is no magic wand, we do have some, some ideas that might make it a little easier. Yes, I'm hopeful that we can be helpful if people are trying to overcome bad habits. Yeah. And, and I guess that it might be useful to sort of start with um, the idea of bad habits. And, and I want to bring that up because we tend to think about bad habits as having no inherent value, but really there's some need or positive intention behind everything that we do. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, and I don't, and I think it's the same for what we talk about as bad habits, that there's, there's something, there's some need that you're trying to meet or some positive intention, even if you're not getting it, that is behind every, um, every habit that we have, every, um, uh, behavior that we have. Basically everything we do, we do for some, to fulfill some need or positive intention. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Yeah. And I know we, we talked about that. I don't remember which episode it was, but you had a mini rant about it, um, which was (laughs) enjoyable. Uh, but I know you don't believe in, in self-sabotage. You believe that we're helping ourselves and sometimes we're not doing it in a way that's beneficial to us. Right. 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 So knowing, so I, I mean, that's huge to me. This is like revolutionary way to think about bad habits because mostly we beat ourselves up about our bad habits when in fact, what I'm hearing you say is that our bad habits are the product of just trying to help ourselves. And so we can use that intention to help us break them. Yeah. And the, and the thing about bad habits is that, you know, they can be born out of that intention, but they may grow into something that's no longer supportive or, you know, at the time that the, it became a habit, you know, maybe you didn't have the, the experience or skills or information to do something that, that actually gave you what you needed. I think a lot about a lot of things like, you know, biting your nails or something that, you know, those, those habits that are, um, I mean, they're, they're essentially an attempt at self-soothing, you know, it's to, it's to, to, um, try to take care of yourself in some way. And, 
um, to, and it could even just be to, you know, sort of burn off excess energy. Hmm. Um, but that it, the way that you are doing it and have gotten into the habit of doing it results in something that you don't want anymore. Right. So if you can figure out what the good intention behind the negative uh, behavior is, you can perhaps fulfill that need in a more positive way? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So, you know, that's one of the things about quitting smoking that is so hard is there's so many things that get sort of solved by most people who smoke that if you don't address all of those things then it's going to be exponentially harder for you to quit smoking it's not just the nicotine addiction that you're overcoming but it's also you know the self-soothing behavior self-soothing behavior of the ritual of smoking a cigarette of um you know having an excuse to take a break on a regular basis or to you know go out by yourself and have some time to yourself you know it gives you an opportunity to think or to not think or you know there's all of these things that smoking a cigarette could be providing to you that um, if you don't replace those things with something else then you you it will be really difficult for you to stop smoking so even though science has given us nicorette gum and chantix or whatever it's called uh to help with the physical nicotine addiction that's not what it's all about there's more to it than that and you have to address all the components right right and you know there's a lot of things that go into it i don't want to i don't want to oversimplify it um Mm -hmm. and in fact i i hope that i'm helping people understand that you know behaviors like that are really multi-layered and there's a lot of things to address and so if you start sort of peeling those things apart and and getting at what need you're trying to meet and figure out a way to do that that um, feels supportive to you then it will be easier to break the bigger habit yeah that's that's really interesting and kind of a big deal to me to hear it phrased that way because I think there's just so much negativity and self um the word that I keep thinking of is self-loathing i think that's overstating it but we beat ourselves up over habits that don't that that aren't beneficial that we don't feel we're controlling like i mean mm-hmm. it also is like i think ooh, not biting your nails that's a disgusting habit um i said i say i thought to myself when you mentioned biting your nails because I, I did that mm-hmm. when i was a kid but i don't do it now but yeah. um you know it doesn't have to be so harsh right yeah right gentle yeah it can be gentle and 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 the interesting thing is sometimes depending on how your brain processes information the more harsh you are about something the harder it is to change it like you Mm. rebel against that harshness right interesting (laughs) um so the that's the thing that I think it that's most important to understand is to cut yourself some slack and understand that like there's some positive intention behind what you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm trying to think of some other things that people categorize as bad habits. Um, well, and so many of them are things that maybe started as sort of self-care that went awry, like, um, you know, giving yourself a treat when you do something hard and, and, you know, that treat could be food or to buy something. And, and next thing you know, then that feels like you taking care of yourself and you do more of that. And then, you know, it may hurt your waistline or your pocketbook or, you know, whatever, but the, the, positive intention behind that is to take care of yourself and reward yourself right and knowing that you might find other ways to reward yourself that are more beneficial right right interesting yeah um you know i was just thinking i've been dealing with this uh chronic back pain and um when I saw my doctor last week, she asked me if I, if there was anything I was doing, you know, sort of on a regular basis that might be kind of keeping that muscle spasm locked up and, um, like crossing my legs, which actually, as I'm sitting here right now, my legs are crossed, (laughs) even though I know that it is much better for my back if I sit with my feet flat on the floor and without my legs crossed. But it's not like I'm not a bad person who, you know, wants to keep having a um, back pain because I keep crossing my legs. It's just a habit. Mm -hmm. What's the, is there a, um, benefit behind the habit and need that's being met by that habit with having my legs crossed Mm -hmm. just more comfortable um yeah i think it feels more comfortable it feels um you know when you sit up straight like you have to use muscles that you might not normally be used to using right (laughs) like say your core (laughs) (laughs) and you know i haven't done the 30-day plank challenge like you so my core might be a little you know it might be a little uncomfortable for me to to sit up straight but it's the while there there is this um you know kernel of like i want to feel comfortable and for whatever reason crossing my legs feels more comfortable (laughs) feels cozier Um, to me i i do it too yeah. yeah, but it's short-term gain for uh, versus long-term risk of cro- with crossing your legs and your back. Right, right. Um, but so that sort of brings up a good um, point about changing a, a bad habit, a unsupportive habit, is to to know what you want to do instead, mm-hmm. or why it matters to you. Like, mm-hmm. I would love for my back not to hurt. Um, so knowing that not crossing my legs, keeping my feet flat on the floor and sitting up straight over time supports me, you know, having less pain in my back. That's sort of motivating. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, sort of figuring out what it is that, um, matters to you about like what you want 
instead of the bad habit that you have. What you right and doing something <laughs> was hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying that um, find you know getting in touch with why you're doing it, coming up with mm-hmm. perhaps a another habit, a beneficial habit that uh, you can't do when you're doing the bad habit. I mean the other way around, a beneficial habit that you do which doesn't allow you to do the bad habit. Um, is a one way to get rid of bad habits. Wow. That it, Why is this so hard to say? We had no problem with this when we were chit-chatting about it. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, and and part of it is that like with this example, the the idea of like one of the ways to get rid of a bad habit is to replace it with a good habit. That mm-hmm. um what's it called in dog training? Uh um, training in incompatible behavior. Yes. So you know, in in this case with crossing my legs, I nothing comes to mind about that. You could build um, your core. And, I mean, you could create right, a but that of, isn't incompatible with crossing. Oh, that's my not legs. right. Exactly, it just makes it unnecessary. Right. But so, but there's sort of two things that we're talking about right now. One that's is wrong. like that. Yeah, I think that's why we're sort of twisting up and falling over with right. this <laughs> part of the <laughs> conversation. Our game of twister is not working. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so there's two things one is to um uh to change a bad habit you create um a supportive habit something that you want um that is incompatible with the bad habit so um an example of that might be if you are in the habit of snacking while you watch tv if you do something with your hands, then you can't snack. And if you, you know, do needlework or knit, you're not going to want to have your hands in food while you, you know, are working with yarn or fabric or, mm-hmm. you know, coloring in a coloring book or, you know, what, doing something that um, makes it difficult to do the bad habit is a, is a pretty gentle way of shifting that behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other idea is to think about what you will gain if you no longer have this bad habit. You know, why not having the habit is important to you. <laughs> Take a drink. Is that we, we, uh, because our drinking game of it all boiling oh. down to what's important <laughs> to you. I was like, why do I sound froggy? <laughs> <laughs> like, is she talking? What, what is drinking incompatible uh, incompatible with? Right. No, I'm mm-hmm. just saying it all boils down to what's important to you. And knowing that when it comes to letting go of a bad habit in particular, I think, is a way to, um, it certainly helps with good habits as well. But it's a way to right. be supportive. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, well, I bet you come up against that um, a lot with your clients. I'm guessing that a number of your clients have an acquisition habit. Some do indeed, although um, lots of times the process of decluttering does help them reconsider their acquisition habit when they're when they're paying me to let go of stuff. (laughs) Well, and that's and that's the whole idea is that they have this habit, you know, they're acquiring things and then when they bring you in it helps them get in touch with what they really want which is you know a, a, um, an organized home a peaceful home mm-hmm. that's 
not cluttered. And so when they can hold on to that ideal and see that 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 they can have that, then that helps them not buy things. Right. That and also that they can find, they know what they have and they can find it. Right. That, that, yeah, it makes it unnecessary to buy things. But yeah. Yeah. Right. When I've pared down my closet and I, and then I go, if I'm out and I see something that I like, you know, a t-shirt or something, I love graphic tees and it's really hard you know if I see one I like it's hard for me not to get it but I think like I have as many graphic tees as I have a place to store them do I love this one enough to get rid of another one right and if you do then great yeah if you don't then you don't buy it right I I tell people to not buy ever buy new hangers that if they have used up all their hangers then let go of something so you can hang something new up right just cram it in yeah yeah that's great but so that that whole idea of knowing what you'll gain from this like you know I love that my drawer is you know everything fits perfectly in my drawer I don't have to cram anything in I can see everything that I have and if I buy more and don't make and don't make room for it by getting rid of things then I don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. I lose that. And so the the th- the thrill of you know adding another t-shirt is lost if that means I lose I don't have the pleasure of an organized drawer. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's another that's an example of also of getting in touch with what what's important to you. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and so the we didn't even stop and talk about this, but one of the most important ways to start with changing a unwanted habit is to simply identify it and make it conscious. Mm-hmm. And actually, that can be enough to stop the behavior because people um, are unknowingly doing things that are making them feel good or supporting them in some way without even realizing it or without even thinking about the fact that it's not been really benefiting them. Right. So like smartphones, which are basically like little dopamine factories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's like, um, picking up a, uh, what, what are the, a slot machine and you hope you're going to win you know you hope you're going to get this little hit every time you pick up your phone and you get that hit often enough that you keep picking up your phone but you don't um you don't consciously realize that's what you're doing like you don't even oftentimes i will already have unlocked my phone and be looking at it before i even realize that that's what i've done yeah i hear that um, and that and that was one of the things that you know we keep coming back to my morning routine, but <laughs> it feels so transformational, and it's such uh-huh. a it's such a good representation of so many things that we're talking about. Right, it's a but, great example for us all to learn from, Shannon. Your morning <laughs> <so> routine. <laughs> I am going to keep talking about it. Damn it. <laughs> no, um, but, but go ahead. What were you going to say about it? Well, so I had a bad habit that was preventing me from 
doing my morning routine, which is I would pick up my phone first thing, and then I could very easily, you know, look at the notifications, and next thing you know, I'm on Facebook, and then I'm, you know, I'm lost in it, and I've eaten up the time that I had available to do the things I really wanted to do. And it wasn't intentional, but, you know, it's it was a habit. And so I started by... Um, I charged my phone on my nightstand, um, so I moved it. It's just two feet further away from me, but I can't reach it without getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. Do you, so, you don't use it as an alarm, I'm guessing? No. Uh-huh. I mean, I do, but even if I did, I would want it to be far enough away that I had to get out of bed to turn oh, it okay. off. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know me in the morning. Yeah, right. That makes <laughs> I sense. I don't always wake up so easily <laughs> um, unless I'm having insomnia and then I can't go to sleep. But, <laughs> right. uh, but so I, um, I moved it away so that it was just enough to create the space to become conscious about how I wanted to use my phone. Mm-hmm. Like I broke the pattern just enough to have to make a decision like am I going to use my phone or am I going to um, uh, do my morning routine that I want to do right and you did that in concert with the feeling the benefits of doing the morning routine so it helped right. with that help make that decision just giving yourself that whatever second or two to go from automatically reaching for it to thinking about looking at it uh yeah that's great you broke you broke right. the spell uh-huh. yeah absolutely that's a perfect way to put it um and the, and then i added something into my morning routine of checking my heart rate variability which um i need my phone to do and so um then once again you know i had my phone in my hand i was doing this and then it became automatic to look at the notifications on my phone and so to prevent myself from falling down that rabbit hole because it didn't support what I really wanted to be doing I deleted Facebook off my phone whoa I know I just did it last week (laughs) (laughs) so when you look at Facebook you're doing it on your computer or your iPad yeah I'm trying to not even look at it on my iPad Uh I just I want it to be a conscious, like I am sitting down to look at Facebook on my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. So that sets you up for success because you're you're removing that temptation of Facebook off by taking, right. by taking it off your phone. Right. Excellent. Yeah. So there's lots of temptations involved with bad habits. Um, <laughs> so thinking about them and how how you can remove them it seems like it would be very helpful like if you are eating too much more sugar than if you're trying not to eat so much sugar perhaps you can have less sugar in the house right yeah you can even um just make it harder to get to like Mm -hmm. you know moving my phone two feet away like you know if you if you want to have some sugar in the house just make it so it's harder to get to and then you have to think about where is it or you have to, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, it's not right there wherever you eat sugar. 
Right. I mean, or like, you know, I don't even really, I don't, I, sugar is not my issue. Don't give me near mm-hmm. a bag of potato chips. But right. um, if, you know, if I, so like, I know that if I don't want to eat potato chips, they, there really needs to not be an open bag of potato chips in the house. Right. Um, but if there's ice cream, you know, if I open up the freezer and I see ice cream, I might be like, oh, ice cream. Hmm. That might be good. But if I don't see, you know, so then I might eat it whether I really want it or not. But if it's sort of in the back of the freezer and I don't really see it, then I have to actually really want ice cream to get it. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You're willing to put a little extra effort and do some Arctic exploration to find it. Right. Well, it's just that I have to purposefully go look for it as opposed to like, opening the freezer door and finding ice cream in front of my face and be like, oh, I could have ice cream, whether I, you know, I, that was what I wanted or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine. I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I would imagine the same would go for something like wine. If, if I was trying to stop drinking wine, it would be great not to have any wine in the house at all, or to um, try not to have an open bottle of wine in the house, which is hard. If you're trying to right. stop drinking wine, <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, just you know, I'm not going to go down the street to the cocktail lounge to get a glass of wine. I don't right. want it that badly. But if it's right, right there, then um, I might pour a glass. Right. Well, and the other thing is, you can you can you do moderation too. Like if you want to have one glass of wine, but you're you know, you're in the habit of if you have an open bottle of wine to have two glasses of wine, have one glass of wine and pour the one glass of wine, you know, put the stopper in it, pump right. it full of air and put it away so you can't yeah. see it. Right. And, you know, so you're you're creating enough of a barrier that, you know, it's the opposite of creating a good habit. You want to put some barriers in place right. so it takes more effort and and that also gives you the opportunity it you know it creates the space for you to think about it and make a conscious choice as opposed to just doing it automatically right that breaking that spell sounds like a really key component i i like how i'm talking to you like i don't have any bad habits and have no experience <laughs> in breaking them um, i just don't like to think about them i guess no i i don't know i, I uh, but but that does that breaking that spell just seems just just giving your just being a little mindful like allowing yourself the space to be mindful mm-hmm. and think about this thing that otherwise would be automatic the virtue of good habits is I mean, the autom- the fact that good habits become automatic is one of their virtues but right the, the fact that bad habits are automatic makes them harder to break so trying to make them non less automatic seems like a really great idea yeah and and you can also do that just by naming the habit, mm-hmm. which helps you make it more conscious. So, um, and this is a good thing if you have like a worry habit or, you know, something that's more internal as opposed to uh, f- like a physical habit, like biting your nails or something. Although it can be good f- for that. It, now that I'm saying it, it can be really good for anything that you sort of don't realize that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, once you realize it and say, oh, I'm, you know, doing my XYZ habit, then that also creates that space where then you've interrupted the pattern enough that you can't do it in quite the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also do, 
use that if um, you have if you're trying to change something and and you have the urge to do the old thing if you have the urge to bite your nails and be like oh I'm having an urge to bite my nails what do I really need in this moment wow that's a powerful question mm-hmm that's excellent yeah so I think the real key to to changing unhelpful habits to break bad habits is to become aware of them and um, figure out what it is that you really want and then and put that in place and then put up some barriers to the old habit right that sounds like a, that you make it sound very simple <laughs> Well, obviously, it, like it's one of those things that it's this the steps are simple, but it's definitely not easy. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then if you can find a, a good habit, a, a beneficial habit that's incompatible with the less beneficial habit and start putting that into place, too, um, that can that can help you along the way as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, did, I think it's really good for people, I think it's useful for people to recognize that um, that these unhelpful habits, these, you know, quote unquote bad habits, don't say anything about you as a person. They're not about willpower. They're not about... Um, you know, they're even though we're using the terms good and bad because that's you know just sort of how our culture refers to them, they're not really good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they're they're helpful or not helpful. They're supportive or not supportive. Um, and so, just recognizing that it's a habit and there are steps you can do to change it will make a big difference. It, you know, it's not you're not a bad person. Right. Take the, try to take the emotions out of it. Right. Right. And it helps a lot. Kind, kind to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like I said in the, in the last week's episode on um, good habits, habits are hard to change. Even completely innocuous habits, like I mentioned, the changing the passcode on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like, that's doesn't say anything about me as a person (laughs) it doesn't you know it's not good or bad it's not like it says nothing about my intelligence it's just it's just such a good illustration of how a habitual pattern works like Mm -hmm. you're doing it before you even realize you're doing it and i and that's why it's useful to find ways to um, give yourself a, that little bit of space to become conscious about your behavior. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. That's well, I think that sort of, I mean, you know, as much as we can cover that in a half an hour or so. Yeah. Yeah. Hope, I'm hopeful that people will, I feel like you've given people a real takeaway of, you know, you identify a habit that you want to change and, uh, some steps in order to change change that's great yeah good job yeah <laughs> thanks <laughs> and I, I think my my final my parting words will be cut yourself infinite slack <laughs> like yes. it's 
there's so much happening before you're even consciously aware of it that it's you know it's sort of a miracle to think that we ever change a um a bad habit right (laughs) so you know go easy on yourself and um that that in and of itself will actually bring more ease to the process of changing the habit right all right okay excellent well i think we're probably going to be talking more about habits and routines and things because they really do make your life easier but i think that gives everyone sort of a um a little groundwork of where we're coming from with habits yes all right so we would love to hear from you what habits are you enjoying what habits would you like to change what have you tried to change them is there anything we can do to help you you can leave us a voicemail at 413-424-GTGE that's 4843 you can also contact us on social media at getting to good enough on instagram at gtg enough on twitter on facebook we have both a group and a page for getting to good enough and then of course our show notes uh at getting to good enough.com is a great place to ask questions and share your experiences we'd love to hear from you So thanks for listening. This is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier.